if you if you're new to comedy, which is hopefully why you're listening to this, uh, if you're old and laughing at us, I hope we're funny. Yeah. And almost all of those funny minutes is because I like to piss David off, which is really easy to do. All right. I think our funny minutes come from the fact that I insult you relentlessly. Uh, and then you try to make that not fun by also insulting yourself. <laughs> like, if you, if you are also taking your side, you, it's just making me sound shitty. Yeah. Yeah. No, I've learned that through years of special episodes of 80 sitcoms. <laughs> That's how I became oh. the small child I am today. Yeah, I'm the DJ much. of life. DJ Tanner? Yeah. It's the middle child, right? Mm. <laughs> uh, DJ no, was DJ Yeah. DJ oh. Stephanie Michelle. Great. I'm the Stephanie of life. I oh, always good. think of you more as the Kimmy. Yeah, that's fair. That is true. Un that unwanted, is Unwanted, intrusive. <laughs> He's freaking gambler. So, yeah, I can I can live with that. Also, that's breaking and entering is what she's doing, right? Like that's that's just a crime. Uh, I think they leave it open. Yeah, I, mean, I don't know. All I right. mean, if she would actually steal something, she could probably catch a thief in charge. But Got it. Got it. The only thing she steals is years off of Mr. Turner's life. Welcome to Run the Light, where we, uh, <laughs> where, where we dissect our favorite 80 sitcoms, but what values they have today. Uh, this week, it's Full House. This is, that's not what the show is. Not what the show is at all. Oh, because I had a whole uh, format for Different Strokes. We could have gone there, and it would have been great. I feel like Different Strokes should be the show everybody talks about at this time in history. I've never seen it. <laughs> that's the one with Michael J. Fox, right? No. No. Different strokes no. is the one where was... the rich old white guy adopts the two young black. That's the one where the that's the one where the kid like tries the bike on uh, tries the bike from that pedophile, and they play Tarzan. Wait, what? <laughs> is that Webster? What the fuck are you talking about? I know, well, I know, I know that special episode because I saw somebody make fun of it. But there's this one where like I think it's Different Strokes or like Webster. But like the kid goes to like a bike shop and he goes, "Hey, come to my back room. I have a bunch of pornos and we can jump shirtless." And I go, "This is fucking weird. What is this?" I thought Mr. Belvedere had an episode like that. That might have been Mr. Belvedere, but that, yeah, it was fucking wild and, and like insane. What, Family what Ties was the one with Michael J. Fox. Mm -hmm. Ah, wouldn't my, it be uh, crazy? Alex, what it, wouldn't it be crazy if literally all of the '80s sitcoms? had a pedophile episode. And it just so <laughs> I, happened that they all I put that in the I think they week. did. Like, a lot of them did, right? Based on, based on the lawsuits that are out right now, if one of the kids was involved in, in, you know, Boy Scouts, or if, you know, they went to church, it is such a... A lot of my boyfriend, uh, Boy Scout friends are sharing that, and they go, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that all fits. This all tracks. Yeah, I, I wasn't it. even in Boy Scouts, but I'm trying to get paid somehow. I'm claiming. Uh, 
There's like a $5 I, billion dollar settlement. I was a Boy Scout, and that's where I learned camping and how to shoot a gun, which I, I shouldn't have learned. Like, I think they asked, hey, do you want to learn these knots? I want to learn all the knots except for one because I know I'll use it. <laughs> the the noose? Yeah. Like, yeah, it's just, all right, we're going to skip this one. Cool. Tell me a square knot. I'm not going to be on a boat. <laughs> I'm was, in Nebraska. I was, I was in Boy Scouts, but my Boy Scout troop was the mean Boy Scout troop. <laughs> and anytime we went on camping trips with any other Boy Scout troops, we would make fun of and bully all the other Scout Jesus, troops. Jesus, no. That Ours is what they try to teach in Boy Scouts, I think. Ours uh, just went camping. The strong alone. survive. <laughs> We went camping in the winter. That was fun. That was actually we did a lot a couple of fun. Of, we did a couple of fall and winter camping trips yeah. as well, and that was, oof, I hated those. We did that every year. I loved it. It was great. We had our uh, heat shut off one summer, one uh, winter. <laughs> I had that. I had that too. It's 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 shitty. And every week, our, uh, in this house, every week because everyone had a space heater. Every week the circuit breaker would work, like this, the, a fuse would uh, pop. And I was pissed because it was just me with the lighter going down and just screaming, is this, does it work yet? For like an hour. <laughs> uh, Hell, you might be ready for homeowning at that point. I don't want to. No, no, I hate it. Uh, oh, it's the fucking worst. Uh, anyways, Jason, what are we talking about this week? By the way, we, uh, we didn't even do I'm Jeremy intro. Plum. Yeah, I'm Jeremy Plum. <laughs> Uh, this is David Kalsgaard. Hi. Yeah, we... And, and what... Man, we really fucked this one up. I, I just like talking bullshit. <laughs> we'll have me do my sandwich podcast, so this is what you get. Oh, I beat out a sandwich as the guest. That's great. Uh, no, we talk about sandwiches. Okay. It's, yeah. Don't, don't, don't encourage him. Don't indulge him. <laughs> Yes. With us this week is Omaha comedian Jason Regan. Jason, thank yep. you for doing the show. Thanks for having me. <laughs> so what so are we talking about podcast. this week, Jason? What's really? That? Yeah. What are we talking about this week? Uh, you, uh, it's it, um, a comedy special that inspired me that uh, or that I enjoy. Uh, one of the first ones that I, I was about eight years old. Uh, late 80s, Rodney Dangerfield used to have these uh, Rodney's Place specials uh, from his, his club in New York, Dangerfield's. And uh, that was, I was eight years old and watching these uh, and shouldn't have been. And uh, <laughs> they, they were awesome. Uh, that was my introduction. Are these on HBO? Yeah, well, and that's funny. We didn't have cable. And my, my mom, she'd gotten a box of these VHS tapes at a garage sale that somebody with cable had recorded all oh, this nice. stuff. So, yeah, it was like oh, we had secondhand cable. Fuck and, yeah. Yeah, so we would watch these and oh, we, we loved them. And, and of course, there was like all the, you know, Eddie Murphy, Richard Pryor, George Carlin comedy yeah. specials from back then. And Yeah. yeah. I, the, here's what I've never heard of any of the, of the Rodney nope, nope. specials before. I was uh, me neither. I was born. I was born in '92, so you know, I think I what, by 94. the time they ended, by the time yeah. they ended, I might have been, 
you know, walking maybe, but <laughs> uh, after watching some of these, these uh, great. especially the ones that you sent us over to watch, like uh, Larry Reed yeah, and John yeah. Fox, I was yeah. like, John oh, Fox I, is great. I definitely see how this inspired and influenced you specifically, because I'm not sure if you're aware of this, but when you're on stage telling a joke, you sound exactly like Larry Reed. Really? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. exactly. Like that's you, awesome. When, when you when you do the, uh, you know how occasionally you'll uh, do a voice of a female character in a conversation. That voice is exactly like the female voice <laughs> that John Fox uses. <laughs> no kidding. I was sitting there listening. I was taking notes on this, and I was like. Jason sent me a thing of his own stand-up. Why the fuck am I hearing? I'm bad with names. I got to figure out which one was which again. John Fox, he did the, you know, like. Oh, yeah. No, you sound exactly like John Fox. Yes. I ain't going to be able yes. to hold that lumber this weekend. Yeah, flowing. I'm flowing the, like a uh, river. John Fox, that one, that one was solid. It felt like. And I don't know how to describe this, and my words are gonna fail me. It feels like I'm listening to like a dad, like they're dirty, but like they're dirty how like your dad does a sex joke. It doesn't feel graphic. It's just they say fucking and they say coming, but they don't go into any detail. And it's more <laughs> for like just being silly. Like I'm, I'm yeah. making the German soldier march. I'm hammering the <laughs> sausage. Like it's just. Yeah, it, it's just silly, and it's all killer. Like all, every joke of that, every one of his jokes, like they all just fucking hit. Like it's this, it's great. Yeah, I, I love the, uh, and like, I would, I would recite those guys' their their bits, like word for word when I was a kid, and I remember yeah. being over it. I was over at my friend's house, <laughs> and. Uh, <laughs> I started doing one of the bits there and uh, the dad started, and like started laughing and went in the other room. The mom said, you need to go home now. You need to go home. <laughs> <laughs> I remember. I remember doing that. My dad told me an old Jesus joke. Like uh, Jesus walks into a bar, uh, drops, walks into a hotel, drops three nails and says, can he hang me up for the night? And <laughs> put me up. I was great. I told that to everyone, and I told it to my mom, who used to teach Catholic school. She goes, "No, no. Here's <laughs> here's why that's wrong." And I go, "All right." <laughs> but it was funny though. Uh, my, yeah. Uh, the the thing that I kind of got taken aback with with these specials. Well, first, uh, let me make this point. I think it's interesting that the thing that you chose and the thing that influenced you most was uh, it's not like a lot of the other comedians that we've had on to talk about specials where even when they talk about the first time they see, they saw stand-up comedy, they're, they're picking an hour-long special that somebody has done. You're picking what is essentially a showcase show where people are doing yep. eight to ten minutes set. Right. Louis, and Louis Anderson, right? Louis yeah. Anderson's was four minutes. Four minutes. And you're, and I think that also is, uh, 
like that's something I see in your comedy a lot as well, where you're everybody else always seems to be thinking too much over, and this might be me projecting a little bit too much on it people, is. but uh, people are focused more on trying to get that act again, getting the 45 minutes, the hour, or whatever. But with your joke writing, you're just the joke. Like, you're really good at focusing on this joke, and then I'll yeah. find a way to make it fit later. You're not trying to write to a theme necessarily. And I right. think that is reflective because of the fact that you you know, your first toe dip into the water of comedy was the short sets where you have to focus on the joke. Yeah. Right. It doesn't matter what the whole overarching theme is, just tell a funny fucking joke and then figure it out later. John right. Fox d doesn't have transitions in that set. It's not, yeah, there's not a theme yeah. like a class clown. It is, here's a series of jokes, and if you... If you're new to comedy, which is hopefully why you're listening to this, uh, if you're old and laughing at us, I hope we're funny. Uh, but, but if you want to know what does a club feel like, what does a club show feel like, this. This is exactly what it feels like. It is three to four people, and every second is killers. Like, there's not a waste. There's not like, hey, I have five good minutes, but I can then squeeze it for seven. No, no, no. Louis has an hour to right. two hours. And he put in five. <laughs> like, that's and, it. And that was also, that was uh, very early on, uh, Louis Anderson. And yeah. mm -hmm. I remember watching, it was an interview, it was an interview about Sam Kennison and a lot of the comics that had worked with him. And they were talking about, it was a, uh, and I forget what exactly they call it, but it was a young comic special, a tour. Mm -hmm. And they would always rotate who closed the show. And uh, Louis Anderson talking about Sam Kennison, uh, he'd said, you know, he said, we, <laughs> it was always a mistake to go after Sam. And he <laughs> said, you know, he said, because Sam was the comic who we were all side stage watching and listening to his whole set, you know, where, Normally, you're back there kind of going through your set list and, you know, refining things. He said, you know, we were all, you know, watching because Sam, it was a different thing every night. And, and he goes, he said, I remember one night I went on after Sam and he said, Louis Anderson, you know, he said, you know, I'm a clean comic. And, you know, Sam just went out and did the screaming thing. And, and he said, so I go out there and I'm like, so uh, anybody got parents? Oh, <laughs> just, just no, that would suck. That would suck. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, that'd be the worst. Yeah, uh, the pressure's it, on. I I know I know that feeling uh, on a smaller scale. Uh, have you guys ever had to try to follow Carmela on a show? Yes. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, no. Or well, yeah. I don't. I guess I've I can't been think on of it. Yeah. I, I, I think she's a Carmela. And that's why it's still hard. I think she's literally the only person on the show in Omaha that I don't want to follow. The only person in Omaha I don't want to follow. It, it's a, it'd be a mistake. She, yeah. I, Tyler. She's going to destroy Tyler's that room, and they're yeah. going to be done. 
And yeah. I've followed, I've followed Tyler before, and I feel it, that's about 50-50 for me. Sometimes I'm <laughs> able to, sometimes I'm not. So. No, Tyler is such a – he's one, he's a great comic and a Wolverine comic, but he's also a – he has this, like, kind of good old boy, kind of this, like, just charming country boy feel. I can't follow him. <laughs> and and Carmela, Carmela has – She's very. She has a commanding presence when she's on stage. Yeah, it doesn't matter who you are, young, old, what, whatever demographic. Like you want to pay attention, and she hits you with things that are kind of out of left field, and you're like, "Oh my god!" And it's a lot of things from from her perspective. Like when she talks about, you know, filthy fills, you know, or that's specific to her her neighborhood where she's from. Yeah, and where. Mm -hmm you don't have to be from that neighborhood to get what she's talking about because she lays it out and mm -hmm. she just, you go back there and that bitch with one arm. <laughs> it's like, oh my God. <laughs> and she, it, it's, it's great. She takes out an experience. Yeah. And, uh, oh, she, she's one of, one of those comics that really, uh, you, you love to watch. She's one of the ones you, you, you watch. Even if you're on the show, you go watch. Oh yeah. yeah. No, I will. The, uh, when I used to host shows, I'm always a nervous wreck. I hate hosting. I hate running shows. It's a fucking nightmare every time. It's like inviting a bunch of people to a party and knowing nobody's going to show. It is that <laughs> feeling for me every time. <laughs> oh. uh, but whenever I have Carmela, I don't care what's going on. I just, I just sit down and watch. I usually yeah. just sit next to her husband because I'd say it's always free. So I just oh, sit yeah. and watch. Yeah. Uh, and that's good. Uh, yeah. These are, yeah, this just felt like a damn good showcase where like every second is used. There's no transitions. It just, they just are jokes. You don't yeah. care if they're real. They're just, they just are. Uh, Louis Anderson had, I think one of my favorite jokes of the, of the viewing experience, which was broad jump. I killed her. And <laughs> I paused the special and just laughed and then ran upstairs like, nah, Jacob, you got to hear this joke. This is dumb. And I didn't even play the video. I just said it. And it just it has that feeling of like your yeah. dad telling you a joke and you want to repeat it. Like with, with John Fox, he yeah. did. And, and this kind of, what was cool side, side, uh, sidebar here. I, yeah. I got to work with, I got to open for, uh, Larry Reeb, Uncle Lair, a couple years ago, and that was like I w I was geek like I've got you know I've gotten to meet some big comics and stuff. Larry Reeb was one of the ones that I was uh, the most geeked up to meet. I'm like, oh my god, like you, you know, I was an eight year old kid doing your you know, how's everybody doing you know, and doing the, had the Chicago accent and doing the thing and and you still do I, it now. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> How's it? so it's I just got married. He's already, yeah. He uh, but getting to work with him and you know telling him you know these things I'm telling about the the VHS tapes and the Rodney's place and he's uh, yeah you know I filmed that in 1988 yeah you know John Fox he's the one that got me onto that show you know he told Rodney you got to check this guy out and, but getting to sit and, and do a weekend with uh with larry reeb and getting to uh getting to bullshit with him about uh yeah about that and, you know he's been doing it for 30 plus years mm -hmm. and 
almost about 40 years. And it, it was just so cool hearing him. And like when he talked about John Fox, he said, you know, Fox, he did that same set for years and killed everywhere he went, you know, did a lot, a lot of this, and he's, you know, a lot of like, this, you know, kind of street jokes yeah. with what, uh, with what John Fox was doing. And it was, uh, and he said, just kill, had a lot of success and uh, he'd passed away. I, I don't know how many years ago, but, but I think it was, um, he, he had a good run. It sounds like, you know, and yeah. Comics, newer comics are afraid of redoing their set for a while. Cause they think that means they're not writing. No, like I've been doing the same opener for years. It works. I don't know. Fuck you, Jason. At least, at least it wasn't me this time. Uh, <laughs> That's the, the, uh, shit, that just reminds me, I need to retire my opener that I've been doing. One oh, I thought you were going to say you need to retire. No. Yeah, you should retire that one. Yeah, I need to retire that one. Anyway, the, the thing with John Fox <laughs> that got me was, like I need, I need to, I need to look into him more, because I'm pretty sure, like all of those jokes that sounded like street jokes, weren't street jokes. Like he wrote those. I think those are yeah. all original. Yeah. Yeah. Arch, they Arch sound like a, and... yeah, yeah, they sound great. like a street joke, and they yeah. have that appeal, and you can definitely tell them as like you know that. And that's one thing that comedy back in the 80s and 90s had way more of that we don't really have now is jokes that can't be repeated right. without much context around it. His, his joke, the, uh, that Archibald Barisol, the phonetic syllables, you yeah. know, girlfriend said, John, wants you get a real job? Said, I've had real jobs. Used to be a school teacher. And uh, goes into that. One day we're teaching phonetic syllables, and, and he goes into that joke, and he goes on a run with it, and it's like, Oh my God! Like it's, uh, you know, Jim. I asked asked Mary Smith. Mary Smith, she's an A student. Said, Mary, please give us a, uh, you know, please spell your name in phonetic syllables. M A, you get your May. R Y, you get your Re. M S I T H, get your Smith. Get your May Smith. Get your Re Smith. Get your Mary Smith. I said, very, very good. Archibald Barisol, you please spell your name, and I won't do the whole damn thing, but uh, yeah. hell no, I need another example. And goes into it and bounces back and forth and just uh, and when he spells when he does the Archibald Barisol in phonetic syllables, it's freaking, it's great. Yeah. And he does that weird thing that you do in street jokes, like where you just add your own asides, like yeah, this is dumb, but we're gonna pretend it's real. Like, hey, there's John Smith. John's an A student. He's a D student, but we're gonna pretend he's an A student for this joke. Right. Yep. There's a feel. Like, these are I don't Johnny know. Jones. John A. Jones. It just it's it's hard to say what a street joke feels like. You just know what it isn't. Like uh, Mitch Hedberg isn't a street joke. These are uh, I'm giving my wife the 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 sausage and she's yelling, "I'm coming, I'm coming." My neighbor <laughs> knocks on the door, telling her, "Make her come." My kids want to know where she's going. That is a street joke. I got a spelling bee tomorrow. Tomorrow, don't have the, 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 the opening joke. The opening <laughs> joke is a street joke. The it is. Two firefighters are butt-fucking each other in a house fire. Two firefighters butt-fucking in a smoke-filled room. Yeah, fire chief walks in. What's going on here? This man's man has smoke in a 
Well, give them out the mouth. That's what I did. That's how you think this whole shit started. <laughs> That's a whole really bad... Like, that feels like I've read it in a book. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. girlfriend said, John, why don't you get a real job? I said, I had a real job. I used to be a house painter for five years. <laughs> Never thought I'd get that fucking house done. <laughs> uh, and straight jokes and are good. Like, you could write straight jokes and, and kill for years mm-hmm. because they're just, you don't have to think about it. They're just good. You, you get them. You don't have to explain. Yeah, it's just the. Yeah. It's like mashed potatoes. They're good. They're just good. Yeah, and I, I'm I, Irish. I think, I think that's one thing that, like I said, that's what the '80s and '90s really had. Is you had like even with Dice Clay with his limerick, like right. jokes that are very repeatable and memorable. Right, that, <laughs> and that's and because it, back then that's essentially how a comedian became famous. If your joke yeah. had to be repeatable, repeatable, memorable. Oh, yeah, and people were like, "Oh, I went to the comedy club last night. This comedian, uh, Andrew right. Clay, he did this limerick, and they do the limerick, makes the coworkers laugh. It's like, all right, yeah. next time I, next time he's in town, I'm gonna go see him. Yeah, now Basically, when you me. have, yeah, now when you have Twitter and. YouTube and Facebook and Instagram and all this other shit that you can get yourself out there, your jokes are, don't need to be as memorable. Right. Because there, people have an easier way of access. Like with, with Dice Clay, with I think anybody that saw that watched it on HBO, uh, the nursery rhymes were the funny. On every construction site, after yeah. that, after they saw that show, you know, little boy blue. He needed the money. You know, everybody was reciting everything. <laughs> yeah, I went and saw Dickery Dickery Doc. This chick was sucking my ale. But... <laughs> yeah. Oh uh, God, there's. I, 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 went to saw... <laughs> I went and saw Dice down in uh, down in uh, Kansas City uh, six months ago or something like that. Now. Yeah. Was this, at the, was this at the improv or? No, it was at the uh, with the new the new what, the comedy club of Kansas City. Comedy club of Kansas City. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Dustin, uh, what's his name knows it? Uh, Dustin, Dustin, something I forget, but, but yeah, I went and saw him down there, and he did, you know, he did his new set and all those jokes, and yeah. then at the end, when he did the whole. I think we got time for a few nursery rhymes. <laughs> Myself included. Everybody lost their fucking minds. Yeah. And you're up on your feet and you're reciting it along with them. And it's like you're at a, you know, you're at a concert. It's like, this is why we came. He's playing. He's, he's playing free he's bird, man. Yeah. yeah. As a comic, you, you hate that a little bit. If you're a performing comic, he's like, no, no, no. I want you to listen to my new stuff. But on the other hand, it's also nice to have like people that are so excited to hear something you wrote. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Cause I, uh, I, I also heard the story of uh, fuck who did who's hot pockets. Uh, yeah, Jim Jim Gaffigan. Gaffigan. yeah. He was uh, torn for Cinco and people were chanting do hot pockets, do hot pockets. And that is a depressing idea, but also leaning into it. I was like, Hey, let's do some fucking nursery rhymes. Let's have some fun. Let's go back to the classics. It can be done yeah. well. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, I think I think I think that's just a weird thing that you need to face when you become a comedian of a certain success level where people actually know you. Like eventually you're gonna need to give them some fan service. Like you can do your new stuff, but the same way that a band will close by playing their song that was a hit ten years ago. Yeah. Oh yeah. The reason people are there, they want to hear that song. Yeah. But first, you have to listen to all the other shit first. All right. the new Weezer. stuff that we wrote. Yeah, exactly. Like a Weezer. I, I saw Weezer, yeah. and they played a bunch of shit that I loved from their other albums. But man, they still had to close it, say it ain't so. Hmm. Yeah, I... But, yeah. Nick, Nick, Nick Griffin had a joke. Uh, you're the one about... God, he did about... I don't tell the guy's joke on here. I don't know. <laughs> this is what we do all the time for 50 hours. Don't worry. Okay, yeah. Go going to a concert now. Going to a concert now, as opposed to going when you're 18. You know, and how's he saying about how? Uh, you know, the guy out there. Are you ready to rock? You know, when you're 18, you know. How did he know? Yes, we're here to rock. You know, compared to now, it's like, yeah, yeah, I'm ready. Paid the money, bought paid. You know, paid for parking, got the eight dollar beer. Just, yeah, come on. Play the seven songs yeah. I came to hear. I don't want to hear the new shit. Let me get the fuck out of here. It, oh, yeah. That's the butchered version of it, but, it, you know, it's fucking hilarious. And, and definitely the, the relatable stuff. Like, I love, as far as, like, writing, like, I love trying to find relatable shit. And so, and usually it's, I don't know, like, everyday shit or things that really happen. And uh, I, I love trying to write the relatable shit so it's like so somebody will remember it when they're you know i did one about the returning the grocery the shopping cart and yeah yada 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 it's like you know it's like hey if i can trick them into thinking about my joke when they're returning that shopping cart you know getting the running start and yada yada just mm -hmm. what what you know something that's relatable something that they'll pop into their head later and i've actually thought about it something yeah. that they can think about is like that's a perfect that that's that's kind of a sweet spot to be as a comedian. Be, to, to, uh, to be able to occupy space in someone's mind without yeah. needing to like shove your shit down their throat. Right. Yeah. Like, like that it's just a it's a it's a good spot to be in. Uh, it's and I'm trying to think of through my entire set what any of the jokes that I have. Uh, and I, I don't know. I think maybe my cold the goalie one might, might, might do that. That is the one I remember you the most for, if I'm being honest, yeah. it's cold the goalie. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, when, yeah, yeah. yeah. When, when, you, when, you hear the, when you hear people talking about having kids, maybe that pops into their mind. But nothing, I don't think anything of mine will pop into somebody's mind the same way that now whenever I hear somebody talk about the broad jump, like at the NFL Combine, or uh, and it, I'm going to think Kilder. And Louie Anderson's just going to pop in my head now. That's going to be great. So. I had someone text me saying, hey, I, I like your joke. This is not me sucking myself off. Someone said, hey, I really like your jokes. You have that food joke that I really like. And I go, I, that's not even my funniest joke. But it's the one where I say, I eat like a child, no tomatoes on my Sammy, please. But it's the biggest image I have. And that's, 
and I'm gonna I ask you Regan when you're writing jokes that you want to stay in people's heads do you focus on the image that you kind of create or like the how it hits in people's head when you're trying to make something memorable I think that, that it's up. I you know I really think like it's a uh because I know like when I'm sitting in the crowd and I hear somebody like I'm sitting next to my buddy or something like that you know somebody says something that's even relatable and maybe it's not necessarily exactly like something I went through but I'm sitting there elbowing my buddy dude that's you or dude oh my god that's your parents oh my god that's you know and you're able to kind of relate it to where it's not exactly the same but if it's because no matter what I think you're uh if, if you're talking about something that you go through you know whatever throughout the day yeah somebody's going to have a relatable story or a similar thing. And that's sometimes it doesn't even have to be your joke or your writing. That's necessarily the funniest thing. It's like, if you can like connect with somebody in that aspect, I guess, like to where they're, Oh my God, that's, you know, mm. it'll stick with them. And the next time they go through a similar situation, they might mm. think of your joke or. Yeah. Or the next time that the thing it pops up in conversation. Because that was going to be the follow-up that I, uh, that I was going to ask. Because you're pretty good about writing those jokes that will stick in people's heads. Is it, like, do you focus on the image? Or do you keep it kind of as vague as possible? So that way people can interject their own life experiences. Into yeah. Play. It's I, I, like, oh, this is a similar situation, but mine happens yeah. like this. I think it's, it's like when somebody says... When there's, oh, dude, did you see the such and such movie that came out? Nah, I read the book or, or I, you know what? I saw it. I didn't think it was that good. I read the book and the book was better. Well, that's because, you know, and I think with even telling a joke, I have this image in my head of how this scene is supposed to go. And, and just like when, you know, we all three read the same book and we all have different images, you know, mm -hmm. or have a different expectation. And, uh, I think like with some of it, I'll try and leave it up to interpretation because it's also fun when you get to like, man, I'm really smart. I figured out that joke, you know, where you kind of leave <laughs> mm -hmm. some of it up to interpretation. So I think it makes it fun for if you can make them feel intelligent for figuring out something that, you know, wasn't exactly a diabolical joke. Yeah. But if they just, you know, figured out, you leave a little bit up, up to them to figure out and I think it makes it uh, yeah. a little more satisfying for them too. Cause, yeah, because you're I'm not sure. Just going back to your grocery shopping cart one, but trying to shoot it into the cart corral. Yeah. Uh, when you get to the part where you're looking around to see if anybody else sees that you made it, and then you yelling back at somebody, no, you're a jackass. <laughs> yeah. Or, no, you're the douchebag lady. I, yeah, no, you're the douchebag lady. I always picture like a mom with a kid. I'm not sure if you're yeah. picturing like an old lady there. But oh, mine's an old lady. A mom with a kid. It's just well, I picture you know like when I take off, and it's literally written from because I would do the shit. You know, like you know, I'll park about three, four stalls out. I get a good run going, get a good trot, and I'll let that let it fly when it hits. Um, you feel like Jordan hitting the game winner. Leave your hand up there. Yes, did you see that lady? Yeah, what? You're the douchebag. It just, because it's like, you, you got to imagine, you know, seeing 
seeing a man run across the lot and let a shopping cart fly and it crashes in the cart. Some lady's just annoyed and like, what a douchebag. What? Like, yeah. It's yeah. douchebag. Your jokes feel like a street joke in that they feel relatable in that man walks into a bar way, but not specific as in, I went down to Barley. Like it's just vague enough that I can put my own image on it, but also relatable enough in a broad way that I can feel a part of it. And that's a hard, that's a hard write. That's a very hard thing to write. And if that's your style, really lean into it. If it's not, it's fine. <laughs> but it's, yeah, it's hard. I think that's a smart way to write, though, especially if you start getting out and you start traveling more. Like, if you have a frame of reference, this yeah. other place that you're in is going to have a different frame of reference than sure. what yeah. you have. So, yeah. you, you're in your joke, you might be outside of a, you know, a high V. Right, when right. you go somewhere else, you're outside of a Piggly Wiggly. Right. I knew you were going to say Piggly Wiggly. I don't know why, it's, but I knew that's the one you were going to pick. And it's the it's the most common one I think that I could. Yeah, and 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 not that I you know, I'm I don't know three and a half years in, so it's like, and I try really. And, yeah, and, and I try and write to where I try and write my jokes to where they'll be able to travel. Yeah. To where you know where it's like you know, I do a, a sprinkling of you know getting in the region here and there you know throughout the year nothing you know where i open for somebody or something but you know where i would love to get there eventually where i'm traveling more and i know that's just going to take time and more you know filling up notebooks and working out material yeah. and uh and losing those notebooks and buying a new one right get yeah. a good backpack but yeah i i, yeah. <laughs> I yeah, I, I, I want to, uh, I definitely like writing, uh, yeah, write, write so the joke will travel. So it'll play, yeah. you know, here, I remember, uh, you know, like, uh, gosh, who was coming out here? Like when some of the, you know, I think George Lopez or Cedric the Entertainer, they come in for a one-nighter in Omaha. And I remember asking, you know, Colleen, is that, are they, coming to do that like to try stuff out and, and she said uh yep they're coming to bounce it off the uh bounce it off the corn stocks they just want to see how it plays in the midwest and so god that it's not, that's cool you know they're so they know their material is going to play on the east coast west coast but what they're doing is you know building up they're going to record their special in eight months or whatever you know so they're working out this material they want to see if it plays here in the sticks as well as you know it, 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 it can play in the big cities can it play in small. not even necessarily smaller cities like omaha but smaller towns like yeah smaller markets sure yeah. Yeah. it, give, it and, gives them a it lets them know like it, how it essentially gives them a chance to tighten this up and let them know how well this special is going to be received because yeah. that's one thing that i've always noticed is that there's a lot of times that comedians from bigger cities will come in, not in like a big comedian, but like a comedian from New York or from LA will come to Omaha or another city in the Midwest and their shit won't play as well. Right. Because it's a different frame of reference. It's a different sure. frame of mind. Yeah. These jokes are specific to, I can't tell you 
oh god there was a festival that i did in fort wayne indiana i did it two years in a row and i heard four new york comedians do a joke about being on the Fort Wayne, Indiana doesn't have, they barely have right. a functioning bus system. There are a lot right. like Omaha. They don't have public <laughs> transit. So those jokes aren't hitting as hard because nobody has the frame of reference of, like you see it in TV and stuff. So maybe you have some sort of frame of reference, but you don't have like the experience of being on. Right. And right. to add a counterbalance, uh, I know I do. I've traveled, I think I've done six states, including Nebraska. Uh, so I have a very small frame of reference. Uh, and I know some of my jokes are slightly more personal, like they write, but I've done small and big cities. If, if you write it in just a way that is uniquely you and uniquely, you know, talking about me and my depression, a, a com somebody can get it and not always be experiencing it. It's just a writing style. Uh, and there's hundreds of those writing styles, but some of those work and some of those don't but always kind of keeping in, in the back of your head, how does it, how does it, how does it shift? Does it shift yeah. well? Because I found California, yeah. The one, that, there's one joke that they do in California. Uh, I was doing a joke about being a Democrat in Nebraska because I look like a Democrat in Nebraska, but in California, I look like a Republican. <laughs> And so it just yeah. didn't shift because it, I just, I look corn fed. Uh, sure. and, and so it's really about how you sell it. And the, here's a weird lesson that I, that I had to learn off of one joke that I did for a while about being from the Midwest and people being nice in the Midwest. And I had to retool that joke a lot to get it to work, but I went out to Denver couple of shows tried doing that joke out there and nobody gave a shit nobody cared because i was talking about the midwest and there you know the rocky mountains and whatever that region colorado's midwest i know they think otherwise no it's not no it's, no it's not it's, it's when you look at all of the geographic regions regions in the country the bind like east coast southeast south southwest Colorado is not in the Midwest. They're technically part of the West. I would say they're even a smaller subset of that. They're the Rockies. Colorado, yeah. Utah, and like yeah. We're in Idaho. The like, yeah, that's fair. But, but then I do that. I did those same jokes. And granted, I had touched them up to make it so they could travel a little bit better. But then I went down to the South. I went down to uh, Oklahoma and Arkansas did those same jokes and they did very well. And I'm mm -hmm. still trying to figure out why that is. Is it because the South and the Midwest are so close to each other that the frame of reference is uh, better understood? Or was it the fact that after they ate shit in Colorado, I did enough work to make it so that the joke traveled better. Yeah. And I honestly think it might have been a combination of both. Yeah, let's not describe the fact that you ate shit, which my monkey paw now has one finger down. So <laughs> <laughs> that's all I needed. We um, all eat shit. Well, we all eat shit. We all do. But sometimes you want someone who is a friend but does really well. You want to see him eat shit just a little bit more. <laughs> oh, that, that's the funniest shit. 
is seeing <laughs> seeing your buddy up there eating shit, and you're oh, the only good. asshole in the room dying laughing, but it ain't because of his jokes. Yeah. <laughs> I, on the flip side, when you're dying and you see your friend laugh at you, I've got to admit, that feeling feels good. Because at that point, you go, fuck it. We're just going to lean in. We're going to ruin this until no one's happy. We love ruin that the whole show. Just burn so, that fucker down. So, me, me, and Tyler, me and Tyler Walsh, Don Singer, we're doing a, uh, an after-prom show in Iowa. <laughs> last year and uh i went up first <laughs> and my opening joke it was what i'd been, what i'd been you know it's like my 10 minutes i've been using you know for a while and <laughs> as i'm getting into it i'm looking down and these high school kids they didn't give a shit they didn't <laughs> yeah dude we're going bowling when you shut up and we're done they didn't want to fucking be there and so i'm up there and I go into this joke, and I look down at Tyler and Don, and they both go. <laughs> they start laughing, and I'm going, oh, God. I remember the punchline is a cum joke. And I'm like, fuck. <laughs> 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 Whenever you're doing a high school show, you always want to open with a cum joke. I'm like, oh, no, you big dumbass. Adjust, oh, adjust for your audience. <laughs> My favorite, my favorite I fucked up and the comics get to tell me I fucked up was that funny bone. Yeah. When I was, when I was doing the clash and I said the wrong host name and I would have felt like, I would have felt terrible if there wasn't a table of four comics, David, Tyler, I think Dawn, laughing for 30 seconds to a minute harder than any joke I have ever done. I was, I, I was this, at that table. At yeah, you were at that. And yeah. then I think, yeah, someone said, what the fuck is wrong with hey, Jeremy? Right. And David said, David said, I know what happened. He had a good set and he had to fuck it up for some reason. <laughs> I cannot that experience are, good things. I can't. I can't. I don't get rent. it. <laughs> I think it's the Catholic. <laughs> you are the king of self-sabotage. <laughs> it's, it's pretty good. One of these days, I'm going to ruin this thing. I'm gonna ruin this I, one day. You have already. I like the, I like how it is so far. But I um, that's what you were here for. <laughs> uh, uh, I want to talk about one small thing that this reminds me of. I think on a couple of episodes of the podcast, I've mentioned, hey, don't just watch Netflix specials. When someone comes into town and does your small black box theater, go watch them. Like when Dante Powell comes in, watch Dante Powell. When Zach Peterson comes in, you watch Zach Peterson. When Jeremy comes in, you watch Jeremy. Like when, when big people come in. Two of those three examples were great examples. Fuck off. I was kind of hoping, hoping we could roll with it and no one would pay attention. I was like, should I jump in with it? Who the fuck is Jeremy? <laughs> he is the host of Omaha's probably second, third best, po second best podcast. <laughs> Second best out of two. Wait, this is a podcast? I thought we were just chatting. <laughs> uh, I thought we were just Todd and Tyler sells their radio show as a podcast. Like third or fourth best podcast. <laughs> oh god. Uh, but when you yeah, watch that, by the OEAs. Yeah. Yeah. What's that? <laughs> Next to the OEAs, yeah, pretty much. 
I thought they had a podcast group, and like I was like, "Fuck, I could take this." Like, if I just get every guest that's ever been on the vote, I could take this for the podcast category, and then just put a title so it looks good, even though it isn't. Uh, but no, there isn't a category for podcast. Um, but next year, next year, hey, fuck it, twenty twenty one best podcast. Bingo. Re- resume builder. That's what it is. That is a great one. Yeah. Um, but like going and watching people who are like traveling, I saw Martin Obano and I learned a lot from him when he was just doing the back line. And that's what this was. Uh, they're just doing their 15. They're just doing their fives. And you pick it apart way more because they're somehow slightly more tan. They're not your level, but they're slightly more tangible in understanding what the tools they're using. More than, more than just watching John Mulaney a hundred times. If if you're one of those people, especially now where, you know, half the country is unsure if they want to go back out in public, and the other half is. But if you're staying home and you're going to watch comedy on Netflix, yeah, watch the specials of the people that you like, but then go check out like. Stand up or yeah, stand ups. Uh, up up next, whatever whatever the the comedy lineup. I think it's what it's the shorter set where you have people like Nate Bargatze, who I mean, granted he has a full hour on Netflix, but watch him do a thirty, watch him do a thirty minute set, or Ian Carmel, Taylor Tomlinson do the fifteen minute set. Sure, how can he does a fifteen? Uh, no, he did a 30. He didn't do a 50. Oh, he did a 30? Yeah, for the stand-ups. Yeah, I get the yeah. two mixed up sometimes. But yeah, those, are, yeah. They're, they're similar ideas. But yeah, go watch Go watch those. And if you have a chance to watch these, go watch these. Watch how a comedian operates when they're doing the shorter set. If you're going out to a live show, especially like if you're going out to a comedy club, you know, go pay attention to the MC in the feature. They're, yeah. they're still there. They're part of the show, too. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. People like yeah, people like to ignore the first comic up there because they like. I think you were telling me they ignore him because they, they think you're just there to sell drinks and be warming people up. But they're they earned it. They earned that spot. Not, they're not bad. We're the fluffers. Yeah, yeah that's exactly what we're doing. <laughs> we're going out and getting the getting the uh, juices flowing. Get the funny juice flowing. Hopefully, and I've been working on a couple of years trying to be that fluffer. <laughs> be the fluffer. Too much teeth. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever thought about having your teeth pulled? <laughs> it's on the list. It's on the list. I can save save money on toothpaste. I've heard good it things. Metaphorical. It, metac- it metaphorically happens every time I watch Jeremy set. Boom, zing, there it hey. is. Oh, wait. Oh. Oh. <laughs> I don't know why I thought that was a joke for me, like with me. No, it's a joke at me. I don't know why I thought otherwise. Are they ever for you? <laughs> <laughs> Here's what. Uh, uh. One had to have been. Like I said, fifty. Like this is this is whether episode fifty or fifty-one, depending on if we do a special for fifty. Like fifty episodes had to have been one. I'm not going to listen to this podcast. Have you heard it? No, but <laughs> <laughs> I assume. 
I edit this thing and I don't listen to it. <laughs> That's comforting. Way to That's sell it. Real Way to sell it, yeah. Jeremy. <laughs> I don't listen. I don't really listen to it. Well, okay, uh, real question. Hey, Jason, do you watch your own set? You know what? I'll record them sometimes, then I'll start and I'm like, ah. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. But I'll tell you what. Uh, here from, from a couple guys, a couple features, you know, because like when I, you know, get to work with some some people that are paying their bills telling jokes, you know. What I've heard from a few guys is, dude, record your set. That's basically, that's your game film, man. That's, you know, it is. and he's, it is. he said, there's something different than just, you know, recording yourself just for the audio. It's, you know, where they've, you know, man, I, you know, I didn't realize, man, I stand up there with the mic stand in front of me the whole time, like an idiot. I don't realize that yeah. I, you know, I do this, you know, 20 times throughout my set. Some nervous, you know, tick thing. Tick, yeah. And unless you go, this sounds like a personal attack. No, exactly you literally count how many times oh, I go no. um, and you send me a number. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's true. That's the freaking worst. Is like, I remember watching something, whatever earlier within the first year, whatever. Uh, yeah. Where if I had counted the number of, so you know, right? You know, right? You know, right? Oh, oh my god! Oh, oh my god! Oh, yeah. you're an idiot. What are you doing? And there's no focus on. I don't care if people laugh. It's like that's all I hear, dude. You're, yeah. you're the worst. I, I was, I was pissed because I, I we did the open mic on Wednesday, and I, I didn't do bad. There was about what, ten people in that room. I did pretty good. Those new stuff that I hadn't done anything for four months felt good. I was pissed because I forgot to record. Because <laughs> I don't know what worked in four months. I should have recorded, but I forgot to. The, like if you're doing, when it comes to, if there's anybody new trying to do comedy advice for recording yourself at open mics, you can really just focus on the audio recording. Uh, but yeah. when you're at shows, always try to keep a camera on. Like you're, yeah. whether, even if it's just your phone camera, record yep. yourself. Cause even yeah. if, A, you never know when you're gonna get a new submission tape for festivals and other club work. Uh, but B, even if you, you don't get to use it for the first thing, you can watch yourself and you can learn your tics, your habits. Right. Yeah. And you can, it, it kind of helps keep you in the moment when you're telling those jokes that you've told 100, 200 times before that, you know, now you're focused on not crossing your arms when you're telling the jokes. Right. You're on not yeah. your hand in your pocket. You're focused on, uh, you're just focusing on other things on your actual performance and eventually you get better to the point where you don't really need to think about what you're doing. You're comfortable, you look natural and you sound natural. So at any time that you can get a, like an actual camera on you, again, even if it's just your phone camera because most phone yeah. cameras can record in 4K now. Yeah. Do it. Yeah. Do it. And if, if you're traveling with somebody or, or you're doing a show with like one person that you trust, just say, okay, David, record my set. I record yours. Mm -hmm. And then you're done. Mm. Uh, well, also, because as someone that whose phone dies all the time, bring a spare battery. <laughs> yeah, bring a portable charger. Bring, bring a tripod. That's the other thing. Bring a tripod. I need to get a tripod. That way, that you, 
if you do actually use the footage for something, it's stable, steady footage. Yeah. Uh, the one that I got is really nice. It's the, hold on, let me take a look at here. You may have to send me a link to that one. The Fujitech yeah. FT569, when I got it on Amazon, it was like $25 uh, before shipping and handling. Comes with a Bluetooth remote, so that way I don't need to ask somebody to start the recording for me. I nice. can start it myself. Yeah. Just, yeah I need to do if, that. You're, if you're planning on doing this and wanting to do, do this, invest in yourself to get better. Yeah. 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 And w one of the best, like some of the, I don't know, like, again, I'm three and a half years in. I don't think I'm in a position to say, here's how I, you know, have become so successful. Neither <laughs> are we. Yeah, but it's like, but passing it on from like anything that I've, because I love to absorb it, anything I can from, you know, whoever, any of these, you know, if somebody has something good to say or something that's going to help, I, I absorb that shit. I love to pass it on. And, and one of the biggest ones is keep writing. Like, yeah. don't stop mm -hmm. writing. Don't, you know, yeah, that's a fun joke. But guess what? In a year, you're going to look back and say, oh, my God, I, was t I thought that joke was – I remember thinking how great this joke was. It's trash. Now, it's like keep, keep okay. writing and, and find, you know, shit, find the funny in everything you do throughout the day. You know, yeah. shit, write it down and – even if all it is is a a uh, a premise, you know, write it down, yeah, and develop it later. You know, when you got a few minutes, sit down and. And if it doesn't go anywhere, hey, I mean, fuck, it doesn't go anywhere. But you have an idea now, and maybe that idea leads yeah. to another. Yeah, I, and, I've and had noticed your. Where... What's that? I said, or notice your bad writing habits, because I have. A... Back when I did forensics and back when I do in, in comedy, I know I have bad writing habits. I only write when the premise comes to me. I don't carve time out for writing. That's a shitty habit. It's the worst habit you can have. Uh, yeah. And I, and I also don't write the jokes out word for word all the time. I write just the bones, which is also a bad habit because I'm lazy. But yeah. now me and a comic friend, we're setting up Mondays. We're going to write Mondays. You should be doing it every day, but start small. Monday for like a, maybe an hour or so, I'm just going to write. I'm going to focus on some jokes. I need to be too touched up, and we're going to move. Yeah. Notice your bad habits so you can get good ones. Yeah. And shit, be, you know, if there's somebody there at a mic, at a, you know, at a show that you, you know, that you, you look up to or, you know, go ask them afterwards, hey, you know, tear me apart, be as critical as you can you know how can i make that funnier do you see anything yeah shit ass you know yeah none of we all want to get yeah. better and we can all stand to get you know holy better. shit we yeah we need to get better and only way to do that is it to is, be honest with yourself and you know honest with yourself honest with each other yeah and i mean it, it what really helps is if you can get that advice from people that you somebody that you see doing what you ultimately want to do yeah like that's probably the best thing that you can do because if you're one of those people like you're getting into stand-up but you also want to write for tv and movies and you want to write for the late night shows hey that's great go talk to the folks who are doing those things if you're yeah. a stand-up who just wants to be a stand-up go talk to the folks who are doing just that figure out how they made a career out of 
just doing stand up and not having yeah. to, you know, go write for TV shows or uh, yeah. all the other stuff. And on a smaller, and on a smaller scale, after a few mics, find a comedy buddy. I know after every open mic, I just go to David and go, "Hey, you heard these jokes. What do you think of these jokes? How they sound?" And then J David gives me advice, and then I ignore it. Mm. But then I go to Cameron, and Cameron gives me really good advice. Yeah, yeah. That's that's pretty much what you do. You yeah. find a find real a comedian quick, that you can trust. What'd you say? I say you're a real prick, Jeremy. Goddamn right. <laughs> Listen, you don't you don't get to be turned down. Tear down every podcast, every open mic, every time. You don't get no, 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 no. I fight back now. I'm like a small, I'm like a small dog. I fight back now. We're, I'm done. You're Jeremy. It's the summer, Jeremy. Holy it's, shit! All right, this is the summer we all die. <laughs> <laughs> or he just works on himself. Maybe I work out a little bit. Maybe I eat a vegetable that's not celery. You should be doing both of those things way more already. <laughs> Corn's a vegetable. Corn? No, Jeremy. Corn, no. Corn's, oh, okay. corn's a sleep aid. But, no, but yeah. Corn is a vegetable and so is onion. Does count. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I know my mom listens to this podcast and I feel bad now. <laughs> <laughs> How you doing, Jeremy's mom? <laughs> Ew. <laughs> just kidding. I just, I just, you know. Uh, Jason, Jason, it's always a blast. I now have a series of quick questions for you to get to know yeah. you. Yeah. Favorite sandwich, Faith Sammy. Oh, we forgot the question. Oh, yeah. What can you learn from this? this? Yeah. What, what did we learn today, folks? Hmm. I from learned the special from from the the special that yeah. from back in the day. I, yeah, I I taught you nothing. Uh, you know, I think like we pointed out, it was a different style and definitely a different era. And I I fell in love with that era of of comedy. Yeah, and. Um, and and definitely, and I I guess things I hadn't even thought about, but like when you guys pointed out, you know, it, it is you know those five to ten minute sets that those guys were doing. I don't know. It, I don't know. No, I think you can be inspired by just five minutes or just ten yeah. minutes, and you you can see something great in just the those nuggets, you know. And I'd ask. I'd ask Larry Reed, Uncle Larry, I said, man, how, how far were you into doing comedy when you, how, how, how long did it take to, to have your first hour? And he goes, my first hour, my first good hour? I was like, oh yeah, that's a good point. He's like, I had a whole <laughs> notebook full of shit for, you know, he's like, oh shit, that's true. But it, you know, I think that goes back to just, uh, I don't know, just keep writing, man. Just keep, yeah. you know, and, and I think, we cut our teeth on dick jokes, you know, essentially just the, you know, but about punchline, you know, just kind of those jokes and you get more into for myself. Anyway, I feel like myself getting more into 
where I'm able to kind of go into stories or tell more more bits than yeah. than just the you know set up punchline set up set up punchline to where I can mm -hmm. take you through you know, a story or something you know and so yeah. I don't know start That's off where good. you're comfortable stay you know be comfortable and eventually move out of your comfort zone yeah I agree with that and as far as comedy goes, I'm not sure if there's a right or wrong way to do it because there's so yeah. many different paths up the mountain. But that's probably the most basic fundamental truth that I think most people can get behind. Again, most, not all. It's just learn to write your jokes first. Yeah. And then you can figure out how you want to do the bigger stuff, like the stories yeah. and the bits. But you yeah. have to figure out that basic setup punch tag set up, punch, tag, tag. Sure. You'd have to figure those out before you can move on to here's an eight minute bit exactly. that has 17 jokes in it, but it's exactly. also a story about how I was on a plane. Like right. You gotta yeah. figure out the first step. And I'm, and if, I'm just at the stage of stories and it's a pain in my ass because I can do set a punch. I can do set a punch. Fuck you, David, before you make that joke. But I can do set a punch, but stories are hard. Stories are a pain in the ass and they should be because they're a new joke style for you. Um, yeah, I was going to uh, – I think like with, with watching those, those specials where, you know, along with the, with the five to ten minute uh, sets – it's you know what like when when you first start doing comedy that's all you you know when you somebody say you know hey do you want to do five minutes on a show yeah 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 well and that's the thing also is you have five minutes and that's it you know yeah. do you want to do some five minute bit where you get one joke at the end it's like no you better come up with some something that's 25 seconds a 40 second joke a 30 second joke and get seven eight you know nine of those little ones in there and try and get the most bang for your buck yeah. and once you start getting to kind of next level where you're like hey man you want to do eight minutes you want to do 10 12 15 then you can go into you know what i have a a four minute bit i could add that in you know i could add you know as you get yeah. more time on stage that's when those things make more sense i think the longer bits and right i know uh I remember, like, I have to, I'll talk to people who are not comics. Go, how much time do you normally have? I go, oh, five minutes. And everyone's surprised. I think five minutes isn't a lot of time. But it is, it is the perfect size for a good stand-up routine, especially yeah. if you're doing a showcase in a local town. It is the just right amount of time to get someone's personality in and out in just that amount of time. Yeah. Um, and so you, sometimes you're not always going to think, oh, this joke's 20 seconds, this joke's this. And you're not... You're not legoing yourself right. all the time, but you know you know what a joke you know what five feels like after so yeah. long. Uh, and if you don't know if you have a, if a solid twenty-five, if you get on a show, and I'm, I don't recommend this, but if you get on a show that you know no one's gonna be there, or it's not a high-stakes show, and you'll know what that is later in yeah. your career. You can play. Like when I had 25 minutes, I go, cool. I know I have 20. Do I have 25? Let's play. Mm, and then yeah. I get to experiment. But those are the things you don't want to do if like a black box theater says, hey, do you have, you want to do 10 minutes, but you only have five. 
the most respectful I've gotten is I've given somebody uh, 10 and they go, hey, can I just do five? I respect that comment a lot. Sure. The, a, that shows that you know your ability um, for some people. But when, I mean, when it comes to those five minute sets, like those are important to figure out because A, that's how long a late night set's going to be. Yep. Uh, right. And you need to figure out, like I think the last, the last five minute set that I did at the Funny Bone, uh, I did a drop in guest set. And I only had five, five minutes for a guest set. I think I did, I did two bits, which for those of you wondering the difference between a joke and a bit, a bit is a longer encompassing uh, about a topic with multiple jokes in it. Yeah. But those two bits that I did had probably a dozen jokes. So that's like you can that's that's what the huge difference was from that last guest that I did as opposed to my first time doing the Clash of the Comics at the Funny Bone, which is also a five minute set. I did two bits, but I only had two three punchlines, three yeah. jokes in yeah. those two bits. So for five minutes, you're only laughing three times as opposed yeah. to you uh, that last time that I went there five minutes you know maybe not everybody in the room but there's at least 12 times I'm pausing for a laugh and, and you, don't get you don't figured, get in that mindset of jokes per minute that gets you like that gets you that gets you I think too analytical I know for me in a five minute set I have about 10 like on average, ten minutes, sometimes like ten laughs. But I also am a more medium. Between David and I, I'm slightly longer than David. Uh, well, you, what are we you, talking you about? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, listen, it's a long car ride to South Dakota. <laughs> so, oh my! Sometimes and also, you're just, I don't like these slanderous lies. <laughs> What if somebody wants me to prove it? Oh, Christ. It's weird that I brought, it's weird that I made my own ruler. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I had to use a standard. What is that? that Are you using a quarter inch architect scale or what the hell's going on here, buddy? <laughs> Actually, no, it's just a little bit of cardboard I folded and I had some marker and I just wrote, I wrote big numbers on it. <laughs> <laughs> do you even know what an eighth inch is that's way off <laughs> an eight inches eight inches that's what an eighth inch is yeah that's, eighth the, inch. that's like your mom telling you you're handsome it's like it doesn't count you know it, yeah. you gotta use a standard ruler <laughs> yeah but you, you can't use it backwards where it starts at 12 that's right Ah, shit. Anyhow. So it's not 11 the, inches. <laughs> go, go in. <laughs> this, you have derailed. 
This is the, this is the dumbest podcast has been in a while. Oh, boy. <laughs> but what I meant is like, okay, like jokes per minute doesn't make you a, a high jokes per minute doesn't make you a better comic than somebody with a lower jokes per minute. It depends on the joke. It depends on the fat content. It depends on a lot of different styles of who the comic is. Because um, yeah. like I'm a, like I said, my, some of my jokes are maybe like two or three sentences. David has some like one sentence jokes. Like yeah. your catfish joke, your seeing stars joke, your yeah, I'm David Kalsgaard. That's hilarious. I have a couple of one-liners that I can go to. I normally don't like doing those, though, because I feel like that's that's a false expectation of what type of comedian I'm going to be when I eventually get going. But I'm usually, you know, especially if I'm doing a longer bit, it's usually about two or three sentences, and then I try to get a punch. Yeah. Like that's kind of where I sit at. That's just my style. That's how I think about it. There could be people like, like look at a comedian like Mark Marin. He's not really a laugh per minute kind of guy, but he's still a fantastic comedian because usually the payoff at the end is big and worth it. Yeah. Like it, it's just, there's a lot of different ways to analyze how good a comedian is. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, but in my in my mind, granted, Mark Marin is more famous, but a guy like Dave Landau, yeah, and a guy like Mark Marin are completely opposite. But I have fun watching both of their shows. Oh yeah, exactly. And D- Dave, Dave Landau, Landau is a rapid fire. He's one of guy. my favorite. He's one of my favorite working comics right now. I mean, that guy's. Yeah. He is. He's freaking hilarious. Uh, Special K, what did you learn? Um, it was kind of similar to the uh, to Jason's takeaway. It's just uh, watch those short sets. If you go out, it, it, whether you're a fan of comedy or you're trying to be a comedian, go watch comedians work a short set because that's where you learn the most about how to do comedy because really all an hour is is you know a, it's 20 of those short sets together or five or yeah. however long the short set is if it's 10 minutes five minutes like six or 12 yeah that's all put together like that's see those short sets figure it out and uh know going in if you, especially if you're going to try to be a comedian, that that's what comedy is going to be for a long time. Yeah. And you're going to work up to that level yeah. longer than you expected. Make the most out of your five you're given, your first year in, your first, you know, you make it, hey, we're going to, you want eight minutes? Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. And then, mm-hmm. yeah, to where you can throw yeah. in a, one bit in there that's you know three minutes or something but you yeah. you gotta throw your 30 second dick jokes in there you know yeah that's i think that's how we cut our teeth i'm pretty even Marin and you know whoever everybody's done when you're only given five minutes it's like oh my god i gotta pack all this into this you know 10 pounds mm-hmm. of sugar in a five pound sack how can i pack the most into this five minutes because yeah if you try and if you're if you're given five minutes and you do a five-minute bit with a punchline at the end, like, hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna vote for the guy who did 
you know, six jokes in there because yeah. I remember laughing my ass off more at yeah. consistently throughout that guy's set, you know. Yeah. 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 You, uh, that's you, you did if you if you do a five minute bit on a in a five minute set and you only have one punchline. This is the same thing that somebody on one of my review pages uh, for when I did my first clash told me, and it stuck with me, is you wasted four minutes and 30 seconds of my time. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah, you did. <laughs> the, one thing. The, it hurt my feelings, still hurt my feelings to this day. <laughs> <laughs> it was great that I wrote it. I <laughs> Jeremy did it, they son of a bitch. Uh, one thing I think I like that I've tried to go by throughout my first, uh, you know, I don't care. I don't care if you can write me a, you know, an 18 page, you know, you can cite all your sources and give me all this information. Dude, we live in a meme society. So make me a quick meme that's going to make it fun. I don't give a shit. Like you said, you wasted four minutes of a five minute mm -hmm. set. It's like, hey, wham, bam, thank you, man. Give me another one. Give me another one. Mm -hmm. And it's, yeah, until, until, you, until somebody says, hey, you want to do 15, you want to do 20, what, can you do a half hour? You know, save your bits. Try and write as many little, you know, little cute, funny, bullshit jokes that you can yeah. get in there for now. I have booked people. Like, I uh... – I, I've booked people solely off a conversation that I've had with them. Like if, if you're five minutes and you just make me laugh at a conversation or like just chuckle, great. You're in cool. You can do five. I trust you because you can do a small thing. Like what I learned and when I keep remembering when I watch Fisher Louis Armstrong, five minutes is not a wasted thing. Five minutes is your building block. Five minutes is if you take away everything you have, your dumb persona, your Twitter page, everything, doesn't matter as long as I can give you for five minutes and you can make me laugh yes. for five minutes. That's now, wait it. a minute. Can you, can you send me Louis Armstrong's five-minute set, though? I Fuck! Okay, fine, yeah. <laughs> I just, okay, I went to Homer's yesterday, and I, I found, like, a bunch of jazz albums and uh, Never Mind the Bollocks on vinyl. So I just bought a bunch, including some Louis Armstrong, and that's what was on my head today. <laughs> Louis uh, Armstrong was a riot. He fucking killed I hate when uh, people bring instruments to the stage, though. The guy, he just blew his five minutes. <laughs> Literally. It's just this. He, this, this, this entire conversation, you were making a very, very good point, and then you undercut it by saying the wrong comedian, <laughs> the wrong name. This is exactly what you did at that clash that I thought you were going to win. I was second place. <laughs> I got second place that day. Uh, that pissed me off. That pisses me off to this day. Because the next time I didn't get second place. So if I didn't fuck up, I would have been better. If, uh, yeah, this is I remember. I think, David, I think, was that me, you, Tyler, Don sitting there? Yeah. And it yeah. was like, yeah, dude, yeah. Jeremy, that's the best I've ever seen Jeremy. Like, literally, shit, that was, yeah. that was a great set. It was. Until that, until the then, one that wasn't even my set. <laughs> and then, <laughs> wah, 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 wah. <laughs> 
Oh, oh that's like, my time, everybody. Please welcome back to the stage, Louis Armstrong. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and what no one else noticed is while I was doing that, my leg was shaking. Like, I was so nervous because I was, like, doing well. I was shaking. Like, don't fuck this up, Jeremy. That was all going through my head. I was like a leaf. And then I walk off, and I don't even get off stage, and I stop, and I go, fuck. And then I keep moving. It was... It was the fucking worst. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, five minutes is good. And don't forget people's names. Write it down. Write it down in your hand. Oh, yeah. I've forgotten people's names on this podcast, and I have to write it down. <laughs> and some of them is just never bothered to learn how to pronounce their name. I'm t- I've been trying to give you like uh, nicknames because Cowscar just doesn't sell. No, I wasn't talking about my name. I was talking about, hey, who did Sleepwalk with me? Who what? Mike Burbigula. Mike Burbiglia. Mike Burbiglia. There we go. You said it was. Daddy Fanchulo. (laughs) (laughs) That's the only comedian's name I have a hard time with. I, I don't think there's another one. No, I said Martin Obano as Mark Obano for like two months on this podcast. Mm-hmm. So now it's fair. That's on me. Yeah, Kiwanis. Kiwanis. I think we should. <laughs> oh. Or Kionis. Kionis. Yeah. Sometimes oh, I just yeah. say Q. I just say Q. When he said call me Q, I guess I'll run with that. <laughs> uh, I think it's time we wrap this up. We got to get but out yeah, of here. Yeah, yeah. That's what I learned. Five minutes of building block. I got to get ready for D&D. But, uh, Jason, I got some questions for you. Favorite yeah. sandwich. Favorite Sammy. Favorite sandwich. Uh, Reuben. Mm, good. That's fair. Good Nebraska boy answer right there. That's right, damn it. Yeah. Uh, I want a meatball sub. I haven't had a good meatball sub in a while. You know, you don't have to answer the questions too, Jeremy. <laughs> I'm just hungry. Yeah, every time I record this, I'm very hungry. Come on, Jeremy. I got to piss. Yeah. All right. Uh, what's your favorite joke that you tell? My favorite joke that I tell? Yes. Uh, the, the Walmart one. Should I tell it or what? Or no? You want to? Well, uh, oh, the, the, I, yeah, okay. The, the one that you opened that post prom with? Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> hey, I'll just oh, that's the prom joke? How about, <laughs> just, how about just check just the punchline? Yeah, yeah, hell, on the way out, the greeter guy, he said, hey, thanks for coming. I said, easy, pal, it's urine. All right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's, that's good. No, that's solid. Uh, <laughs> what's, what's a new joke you're working on? A new joke? Oh, this is a fun one. Uh, I want to run it Friday night. It's, uh, it's about garage uh, a garage sale. And, uh, yeah, it's essentially – yeah, what, what do you want me to give you on this thing? Like the whole, I don't know. Uh, the whole you can bit, just give us the but can you write it down for me? So that way, I just, I just have it. No, um, yeah, it's a, uh, it's a, it's a new. Jo- I thought about it the other day and kind of put it together, and essentially, it's uh, yeah, I'm uh, yeah. My neighbor's a real asshole, called the cops on me, I was having a garage sale. 
can't believe that guy called the cops on me from the garage sale. Anyway, I, I, I was having a pretty good day up until he showed up. I sold a camper, a lawnmower, a patio set. Cops showed up, told me, uh, I said, what is this, legal to have a garage sale? I said, yeah, sir, but you need to have it at your house, okay? <laughs> <laughs> and there's more. Yeah, it feels like a street joke. I like that. I really do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's just kind of a, yeah. I've been working on. Uh, I've been working on some new jokes on my Big Dave with the gun is the one that actually finally works. Like I've been telling this story about uh, a boxer named Big Dave, and he has a gun, and he's a D, and he's only an average boxer. That is that has been a fun little bit for me. Okay. He's actually a very he's actually a very bad boxer, but he does have <laughs> one huge advantage over all of the other boxers. <laughs> yeah, it's fun. Uh, and that, it worked well at the open mic. It was surprising. I was like, oh, shit. So I need to, I need to write it down, make it tighter, and just play with it for a little bit. Uh, David, any new jokes? Yeah, I started finally getting to work on that conspiracy theory joke. Mm. This is the thought tree that I have for it right now. Uh, and then the other stuff is actually since I've been able to you know, do uh, open mics. Again, yeah. Uh, which again, I'm still not sure how I feel about it. Uh, there are some jokes that I was finally able to do that I'd written in quarantine. Now I'm touching them up and cutting them down and getting all the bullshit out of it that I tend to put in my jokes, even when I'm writing them. Yeah. So yeah, that's pretty much where I'm at. The the conspiracy theory one's going to be a one that I'm working on for a while. Yeah. Biggest bomb, Jason? Biggest one. I said that one in a minute, but what's your biggest bomb? My biggest bomb? Yeah. Oh, shit. Okay, we were, uh, we were heading down to Florida, taking my daughter to Disney, and uh, I would got onto this, you know, the, this Nashville scene page, and so I went out one night, went to a, uh, I thought it was an open mic, and that's what I was under the impression it was. I went there, it was a show. At, a, at a, like a coffee house and uh <laughs> they were like well we can push up we'll throw you in i'm like oh thanks anyway i got five minutes three minutes in one guy got elbowed by his girlfriend because he almost laughed at one of my jokes and damn other than that that was mm. three minutes in i was like you know what guys that's gonna yeah i'm gonna oh, that's gonna do it for me uh yeah but and then i went and sat at the bar for a minute and looked around and made sure nobody was looking. And then I got the fuck out of there as quick as I could. <laughs> <laughs> this was painful. Oh, yeah, that's painful to listen to. <laughs> it was rough. There's nothing like yeah. there's nothing like a good Irish goodbye after a bad set. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like Homer uh -huh. Simpson slipping into the bushes. I'm out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was horrific. Uh, Jason, uh, why do you do comedy? Uh, because I love, I love making people laugh. Uh, yeah. I, tw 12 years old, sitting on the couch, and uh, my dad was, you know, giving us the old, you know, a speech, you know, you know, guys, uh, blah, blah, blah. It was supposed to be a serious deal. And uh, my dad would always leave the TV on, but mute it. And so my brothers are sitting across from me. I'm sitting on the couch. You know, my mom's the other end of the couch. My dad's in his chair. And he's given, you know, the old coming to Jesus speech. And uh, I, 
I, I was all done listening. And so I was just looking at the TV. And so my daddy goes, Jason, huh? Are you even listening? Oh, were you talking to me? You smart ass. And then like, <laughs> I saw my brothers both kind of purse up their lips like, oh, God, he's dead. But they were like laughing. And I'm like, hey, that's kind of fun. I like that attention of, you know, making somebody laugh. <laughs> and like literally before that, I was a shy kid. And after yeah. that, it was like, man, if you just kind of, you know, to, yeah, I don't know, push the, push the envelope a little bit, you get a laugh out of people. And so, you know, if you're just kind of an asshole all the time, you, you go far. <laughs> Bingo. Bingo. <laughs> yeah. Uh, do you like jokes, Jason? Do I like jokes? Yeah. I love jokes. All right. Uh, yeah. Jason, where can we find you? It's always a pleasure talking to you. Where can we find you? Uh, look, Jason Regan Comedy on Facebook. And, uh, mm -hmm. you know, at some point I'm going to get some other things going. <laughs> other. Yeah. Yep. Uh, this, well, yeah. Look, for, I was going to say this Friday night, but that's probably when this. Yeah, <laughs> it's actually going to be a week or so out. Yeah. Okay, no worries. Yeah. Um, yeah, check out on Facebook, and I put stuff out there. And, you know, I post when I have shows coming up and that kind of thing. So nice, nice. Uh, Special K, where can we find you? Um, as always, you can find me at uh, at David underscore Kalsgard on Twitter and Instagram. That's K O U S G A A R D. Or you can check out my website, davidkalsgard.com, if you want to get in contact with me. That uh, there's your contact. Uh, perfect. Uh, Plum Jeremy on Instagram and Twitter. And uh, if you want to find the podcast but you haven't yet, just look up Running the Light on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Look for the big red light. Uh, or anywhere you listen to podcasts. And that's pretty much it. Uh, Jason, always a pleasure. I'll see you at the open mics. Sounds, Sounds great. great. Thanks for having show, me, man. fellas. Thanks no for having me, guys. Yeah, it was great it was having you. David, you were yeah. fine. Uh. I hate talking to you, as always. That's fair. <laughs> it's just me and my cat today. <laughs> you All, right. Well, all right, that's everything, guys. Shaka, bro. I fell asleep. They don't excuse love.